You're listening to a Healthy Insider Podcast. With Steve Myers, Senior Editor. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Insider Podcast. I'm Steve Myers, a Senior Editor with Natural Products Insider. And with me today is Joshua Shaw. He's a founder, owner, president extraordinaire of uh, Jay Shaw Consulting. Um, hi, Josh. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate being on. I think, um, you know, maybe it's good to start. I could explain what you do, but you could explain what you do a little better. So maybe explain to the listeners, just give them sort of an update on exactly what you do with uh, your clients. Yeah, Jay Shaw Consulting is basically a strategy management consulting firm uh, that's focused on like the functional uh, consumer packaged goods categories. So a lot of the, you know, the better for you or healthier for you uh, trends that are happening uh, right now with, with just general consumer packaged goods, be that nutritional supplements, be that food, beverage, that could be uh, a number of other categories as well. Um, I generally am focused on growth strategies, um, trying to make sure that my clients can um, get the best kind of result uh, growth out of their business, also uh, position themselves for a future opportunity. So I'm generally kind of the guy in the background that's helping the executive teams uh, kind of sort through a lot of the diverse um, things that are going on, trends, competitive analysis, um, and kind of put it all together in a a very well-composed plan that can um, hopefully get them to whatever uh, aspirations or ambitions they have in their business. And you have a background in sports. Um, many moons ago, you were at Muscle Farm, and you are a two-time speaker for uh, for me <laughs> at the uh, Supply Side West Sports Nutrition um, Sessions. Uh, you know where you've presented with Dan Lorenzo of um, Ghost Nutrition. Uh, and so, like, I know you have a background in sports, but but it's important to emphasize that you go you go well beyond sports. I started out in in the sports side uh, more than kind of a decade ago, and uh, the company that I kind of really kind of got cut my teeth in, I guess you could say, or, or kind of got the most of uh, of the experience was with Muscle Farm back in the early uh, 2010. So almost at this point, about a decade ago. But uh, because I have started in that area, um, I still have a very strong core of of customers um, that are in kind of the more sports phase. And what you'll, you'll see, and I know that you know this, and probably a lot of your readers and listeners know this, is that um, the silos of which we call sports nutrition uh, is no longer, you know, as strong as it was a decade ago. Now, sports nutrition is food, it's, it's beverage, it's sometimes uh, beauty, it's, it's a ton of different things that are kind of all encompassed into this more like health and wellness um, type of uh, mindset with the consumer. So I I have over the last probably four or so years um, transitioned into uh, more of a broader kind of understanding of what I would consider more like health and wellness uh, type products over just straight sports nutrition. Well, what I found interesting was last year when you guys um, decided to join us, uh, which was great. We were very happy um, to have you guys. And Last year was was your first experience for you guys, at least at least in that capacity, if not overall. And then, you know, coming into this year, you know, I could see and I could sense when talking to you guys, like, look, we learned a lot, you know, from then to now, and 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 you know, we want we want to do this again. And 
and it's just sort of that theme that that leads me to talk about since since you know you came to the trade show last year and spoke, and then you came again this year, and then this year you had a video team, and and you guys you know had this really slick presentation, and then you shared the presentation afterwards online as well as the video. Like you you came into this year a lot differently than you came into last year, which makes total sense. But on that theme, I thought we could talk about that from um you know when you look at the companies in in the industry. Uh, and again, beyond beyond just sports, but we will talk about sports nutrition. Um, how how they approach these trade shows, how you learn, how you how you prepare for these, how you get the most out of it. You got, I would argue, you got more out of the experience this time at Supply Center than even the last time, though that was a learning experience. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Steve. I mean, I think that being on the brand side of, of the industry um, and consulting with brands for the longest time, um, you have a certain like kind of cadence or you understand where you can pull different um, levers and get more value, um, not necessarily just from um, what you can get inside of the four walls of the trade show um, convention hall, but um, also just exposure that's outside of that. So myself, um, I kind of always approached it the same way in my now B2B business as, as a consultant and thinking, okay, you know, I'm, I'm there to speak. I'm there to obviously network and do those things, but there's a lot of people that cannot attend these trade shows and it's selfish in a way for me to keep a lot of the value that I'm giving at those uh, speaking engagements or um, trade shows. How can I spread this out more? How can I use this? Uh, in kind of like a consumer perspective, uh, be a B2C company, even though I'm, I'm still a, a very much a business-to-business -business, um, consulting company, how do I take some of the things that I've used and worked really well with my clients and then kind of put it in the framework of my business? So that's what you saw this year, where we definitely took a much different approach to um, the uh, Supply Side West um, Sports Nutrition Summit because we wanted to make sure that everything was documented to a point where um, somebody could get the value from it, even if they were not able to attend the show in Las Vegas. And that's certainly something we embrace, and, and I, I, I would love to see more of that from um, other participants. It's, it's something that we've wrestled with. Uh, you know, we've, we've done some live streaming this year. We live streamed a part of the – we live streamed a lot of the CBD stuff, and there was a lot of CBD stuff, so we didn't do all of it, but we live streamed some stuff. Um, you know, the, the the digital and social media reach of the show, as you said, behind beyond the four walls or however many walls there are in Las Vegas. You know, they try to keep you hemmed in there, but um, yeah, it's it's a really important frontier. <clears throat> and and so it's like sort of on that note. You know, you mentioned that you were. You, you actually worked, um, you know, in a company like a decade ago. And when I think about these shows from a decade or even more than a decade ago, I mean, there was a time when I remember early supply side, which of course is our show. And now, now under Informa, we have um, the Expo East and West shows are in our family. We have uh, Vita Foods over in Europe is, is in our family. And Vita Foods actually has some events throughout the, uh, throughout the world, um, as, as do we. And so when I think about those, you know, way back in the day, you know, it was all about sort of the expo. There was some education, but it was, it was mostly about the expo and going there and going to the booths and seeing new products and seeing new ingredients. And I, think, I still think that's a component of um, these type of events. But if you look at 
expos, you look at even supply side, which is even nestled further back. You know, expo is um, sort of the to the market channel from the manufacturer down through the retailer, where supply side goes from the manufacturer and all the way back, you know, to the source. But you look at Arnold's and all the, the all the stuff that involves Arnold's, and that's in your old old home state, right? They 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 yeah. take over like the whole city. There, it's not even just in one venue. And honestly, Expo West has done that in Anaheim. They're no longer just in the convention center. They're they're in multiple locations there. And and with the Arnold, it's even crazier, right? So you have these events that have grown way past just having way past just having a booth. So so as a strategist, I imagine you. You can't be one dimen- you, you wouldn't advise a company to be one dimensional on how they approach an event like this, like Arnold's and, and Expo West and all these kinds of events. Um, definitely not. And I always kind of go back to um, you know consumers' expectations or or just their idea of what they're going into, and when they go to a show, how are they expecting to get um, their money's worth? I guess. And if you think back. 10 years ago, but even kind of farther than that, um, a consumer would go to the trade show and it was enough for the brand to just um, be about the booth and, you know, give out samples and and maybe have one of their athletes or or something there. Um, Because as a consumer, that was your only way of getting information on the company or getting to actually have access to any of the, you know, salespeople or athletes or you know any new product announcements or anything like that most of the information was spread through these events now you think about uh, social media and digital that really kind of took shape you know a little bit longer than a decade ago for what we could consider like the company corporate side of things Um, now everybody has their own media company at their own hands. They have the ability to share all that information uh, through the internet, through social media. Um, you no longer have to go to an event to get all that information. It's, it's not um, held close to the chest anymore. It's very much disseminated across everything. You know, everybody knows all the information possible before you get to these shows. So as a strategist, I have to talk to my clients in a way and make them understand that that's not enough anymore. It's not enough just to be one dimensional and just be kind of present there. You also have to consider what are, what else are you going to bring to the consumers because they've already, they already know all this information going into there. What are you presenting to them? That's unique. That's going to make them come back uh, again and again. And this kind of goes both ways. Um, I've, Um, articles and some videos and things on my social media uh, around trade shows. And I always kind of point the onus towards two directions in this, that there's the brand um, side of things where they obviously have to think differently about trade shows. Now they have to, in a way, essentially create the physical brand experience uh, for what they are presenting on a, in a digital sense, like, there's everybody now knows brands digitally first before they know them in a, in a physical sense. So this is their uh, time to uh, make sure that, you know, maybe the music is right. The, uh, the booth designs, right. The uh, atmosphere, everything that, everything that you would think about going into maybe like a physical store location. um, That's what you're essentially trying to build in a, in a trade show. So there's, 
there's that aspect where the onus needs to be on the brand to, to think bigger and think differently. And then there's also the, um, the trade show organizers that have to start thinking about how do we create a trade show that's going to be attractive for a consumer to come back again and again. If they're consistently given the consumer the same experience that they did the year before, that's no longer acceptable because the consumer's always reaching for more. They're always expecting more today. So how does the trade show organizers also think about uh, trade shows a little bit differently? And I think that if both sides of that coin start to think about trade shows in that way and, and think about how do we ex- consistently exceed the consumer's expectation, trade shows then become as relevant or more relevant than they did in the past. Hmm. Well, now, when I think about a show, some of the sports shows, for, for sure, the pure word consumer comes into play. When I think about some of our shows, um, uh, like, say, Expo, where the quote-unquote consumer would be the, the, all the retailers going, and, and then for our supply side, the um, the consumer is is the brand, is the manufacturer. But you can kind of look, based on what you said, you can kind of apply that across those different types of quote-unquote consumers, and it's something that I know that our company has um, definitely seen as a challenge and, and has tried to solve and, and provide some solutions. And and I know, you know, talking to uh, talking to the folks over at Arnold, uh, you know, there's there's this um, quest to add value, which it kind of speaks to what what you're saying about um, making it worth coming back, being more than just a booth. I mean, I walk around sometimes at the exhibition parts of these shows, and, and I see this sort of lonely booth. It's often a booth from Asia, though I don't want to single them out, but um, there's, there's just a few pamphlets, and there's a not very engaging person standing there, and just like, here, take a pamphlet, and there's nothing, there's no real reason to stop there. There's all these other booths that are telling stories and having people signing books and having people that you want to meet and having important people at the booth and, and all those things. And I see that, you know, that it just tells me right there, just kind of speaks to what you're saying to, to both sides. You know, the event has to be something that uh, pulls people in and, and then the participants and the attendees, the exhibitors have to have to approach it with a, a, a multifaceted um, game plan. And, but when, you, when I looked at these shows, I mean, Expo West growing. Supply Side West growing. I mean, this year we had Food Ingredients North America. We have the advantage of this global company, Informa, that um, has all these entities, and, and we're starting to really overlap them and bring them all together to um, make. So, so our food and beverage, which is always an exciting area. You know, food and beverage, I think, is always going to be a little bit more exciting than just supplements. Um, you could do more. They're, they're visually more exciting than a capsule, right? And so we do those kinds of things. And I know talking to Arnold, one of the things that, um, you know, they, they've increased their sports. You know, they do the sports stuff, and then they have the expo. And they, I guess about three years ago, started um, partnering up uh, with an outfit out of Las Vegas to do some education. And they're really growing their educational component to bring value. Um, the sports is growing. I think they're up to like 80, 90 sports. They're, they're growing those sports every year. So I think the sports side is the one that's really just going boom. But but uh, they made a point of saying that um, the expo um, has roughly been the same size for years. Now, I mean, that show's been around, what, 30 years in some kind of capacity since uh, Schwarzenegger started with his partner. But the, they've always sold out. 
So, you know, when I hear something, when I see stuff online about a brand maybe saying expos are dying and you know, maybe a few are, maybe a few small ones are, but it seems to me that most of them are growing, but they're also the ones paying attention to value added. Now, the big question, I think, and one of the things you're bringing up is where does it go next? How do, how do, how do we treat the digital and social media aspect of it? Because that's one of the things I hear is like, Look, social. A lot of these brands are are social media is delivering them what they need. They're delivering the consumers they need. They're allowing them to reach out. The only thing that it's not doing, though, that I would say, is that face that face to face. And I know as a company, and you know, I saw right on your website, it's something that you value face to face, and it's something that we value and we think is incredibly important about these types of events is being in person with a whole range of people you know and don't know. In terms of, I think face-to-face is definitely still valuable. I mean, I hold it extremely close in terms of value to me. I mean, I could do all of my business um, digitally. I, I could use Skype for meetings and, and things of that nature. But if anybody follows me on any of my social media, you know that I'm constantly at, at different uh, headquarters and, and things because that face-to-face is, extremely important to building um, a relationship and taking this to more of the consumer um, type of shows. You have to think about this in the sense of like what can't be duplicated easily online. Um, Is there a way to create an experience, um, you know, community, um, you know, is that learning, is that educate, what is that to uh, give to the consumer that, it's not as easily replicated online, but on the same um, thing, you have to also not try to completely compete against digital. The attention spans and where the focus is with especially younger consumers, um, the ones that are going to be the next wave of, of attendees to these shows they're buried into their phones. And for you to try to completely get them to put their phones down during that time frame would be wrong. It would be something that would, would not work. So you have to also think about how do we blend in digital, mobile? How do we create a experience that can be spread out to outside the four walls, people that are not attending an Arnold or Olympia or any other show how do you get them excited about maybe coming next year? And the only way they're going to be able to do that is people sharing those experiences through um, social media and, and kind of really showing the event in a, in a favorable light that somebody will be more interested to attend next year. And whatever you kind of have done last year, you have to think about differently each year that you come up because I think it needs to be evolving. It needs to adapt and it needs to get bigger for this all to continuously work in the right way. You made the comment around like expos being dead. And I think that it's kind of a natural progression in terms of expos for the longest time had kind of grown in their numbers. You had a lot of um, consumer trade shows around fitness and um, they were more like small regional events, but they really provided not that much differentiation to the overall like bigger shows. And over time, consumers that maybe went to an Arnold and then also went to a small regional um, fitness expo, 
they realized that the experience was just kind of a watered down one that they saw at the Arnold. So then next year they don't come back again. So it ends up being something similar to like what is happening in the rest of the market, where if you are not somehow on one end of the spectrum of another, you're, you know, you're adding a ton of value, you're premium, you're an experience, or are you economical and are you uh, cheap, which is not necessarily what an expo is in, in, in its sense. So if you are not really providing anything that matches or beats these other larger expos, consumers just tend to, to not go to the point where the economics of that show just doesn't make sense. So you see a lot of those trade shows um, no longer in existence or, or they're struggling or they're, or they're just uh, lowering the amount of events they do each year. Um, and I know I'm talking a lot around the consumer shows um, because I think that the storyline is a little bit different on the uh, B2B type of shows that, that you made right. reference to with, you know, the Expo West and the, you know, maybe even like the fancy food shows, or you have a lot of the other um, kind of B2B type of uh, shows. And what I've found most interesting about those shows is that they've been able to create more of an experience when you go to it. I always point to Expo West as, as something that the Olympia and the Arnold should really look at um, and not so much more of the Arnold because I think Arnold has taken a really good stance around sports and, and they've really been able to differentiate themselves. But the Olympia could look at something like Expo West and the overall experience that an attendee, when they go to that show gets, you know, be it morning yoga, you know, be it uh, different networking events and different, um, you know, things that are going on, the whole kind of Anaheim, as, as you mentioned earlier, becomes a destination for people that are in consumer packaged goods, natural, um, healthy, or better for you consumer packaged goods. So you have this takeover that happens in the middle of, of you know, Disney uh, world, Disneyland, you know, that, that essentially um, is kind of taken over where it's adults and they are all kind of like-minded and thinking very similar. And you're immersed into something that is extremely unique that you continuously come back to because it's very hard for you to duplicate that in your day-to-day life, regardless of how deep you are into LinkedIn, how deep you are into maybe meetings and networking in your own town, like I am in Austin, Texas. Like It's a little bit uh, tough to replicate that. So I think these B2B shows, especially like an Expo West, has done an extremely good job at doing that. Consumer show like in, in Olympia, unfortunately, has not done that, and they have the opportunity to do something like that. You know, maybe Las Vegas isn't the best place to do that because of the, the the overall noise, but there needs to be that event that totally immerses you into like wellness, health, fitness, everything like that. And I think there's still an opportunity for that out there. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. I mean, do you think Atlanta is a place for that? Um, I say that because I don't know if you you're familiar with, but The Rock, you know, Dwayne Johnson. He's yes. um, starting the athletic con next year. And that's, you know, what I, I don't know a lot of details about it, but, you know, what they've said is they're, you know, trying to create this 360 degree immersive experience with, with sports and wellness and entertainment. I mean, they're going to have music. They're going to have film premieres. I mean, it's going to be this sensory wonderland, it sounds like. And they're doing that in Atlanta next October. And so it's sort of taking what you said about the, um, you know, that world of the Olympias and fitness shows and, and, and Arnold and things. And it's going to, it's, 
it's doing exactly, they're promising at least exactly what you're talking about. I think the, the opportunity has been staring a lot of people in the face for the last few years. Um, and I think that, you know, somebody like the rock, um, obviously being very, uh, into the sport of, of, of fitness and bodybuilding and, and all of that, he had seen that, or somebody had pointed it to them, pointed to him and, and him being a, a go-getter and, and kind of wanting to, to make that happen for the community. I think that, you know, he, he could pull it off. I, I think some, the opportunity is there, you know, if he can execute on it correctly, um, I think that there's a ton of opportunity for that to happen. I don't know, to your point, I don't know that many details around it as well. I know when it initially got announced, people were extremely excited about it, um, but I haven't really seen any much follow-up detail past that point to see if the actual plans and execution is going to create the vision in which um, was announced originally. Right. The uh, the promise of it is is very good. I mean, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, as the you know, it's a little less than so less than a year out now. So it'll be really interesting to see uh, how it actually manifests. Do they do yeah, they pull that think, off, or at least to a degree? Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's for. And I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go back to the brand side a little bit here and just say that you know the the brands have been really demanding. Um, some changes in terms of them being able to get value out of these shows and what you've seen out of the uh, brands, uh, be that like ghost lifestyle or Alani new or um, some of these other kind of what I would consider like digitally native vertical brands where like they were born online. Um, they control their distribution. They really understand their brand, what their brand experience is, what kind of customer experience they want to give to, um, you know, the, the attendees they've, kind of backed away from a lot of these trade shows and moved into more pop-ups or more small events where they can control a lot of the variables to make that authentic to their brand, to make that experience to their uh, brand more authentic um, because they haven't been able to get what they need from event organizers to create that. Because a lot of what happens, uh, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to this, regardless if they're B2B or they're, uh, you know, somebody that works from a brand's consumer side, when you're working within a trade show, there's a lot of rules. There's a lot of things you can't do. Um, you're working within the same kind of squares as everybody else. And a lot of times those things are restrictive to what you could do, be that from labor unions or, or whatever. And you end up having to compromise what your brand uh, is going to be about your actual authenticity to what you want to bring to the event. So instead of watering that down, you've seen a lot of these brands actually just back out and do something on their own terms. And uh, that could be pop-ups or that could be uh, small meetups or, or things that they do that are more unique and more controlled. Um, so I'm bullish to think that, you know, somebody like the rock probably understands uh, that understands that there's a lot of different variables that are happening with um, businesses today and they want to control a lot of those variables. And, and hopefully there's some flexibility uh, with that for these brands to, to create these experiences, because if that's the case, then it, it could essentially create a trickle down to everything else. Everybody has to kind of follow that if that ends up proving to be a very good um, you know, show. Yeah, that's a really good point, and I think it's um it's something that organizers um and honestly, I'm speaking to my own team here, my own teams in Boulder and uh, in 
Phoenix and in London and and the other shows, it's it's something important for them to to consider because while that doesn't cover all the brands, I mean some of the most exciting brands like Alani and um, and Ghost and some of those others. I mean they're they're really great. Like it's great to have Dan come, and I'm I'm glad considering all that they do that that he took the time to come and 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 present with you. Um, but those 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 brands are exciting brands, and and when when you when you're not fulfilling their needs. Then, it, then it's definitely a challenge to organize to say, how can we, like, is there anything we can do? I mean, you mentioned labor unions. There's not a whole lot that we can do with those in place, especially in places like Las Vegas and Expo East is moving to Philadelphia, and Philadelphia has got a really, really difficult, um, like, labor unions. I mean, you could just talk to the real-world MTV about that. <laughs> yeah, some big problems there. <laughs> so there's some things that we can do to try to meet that challenge in there. There are other things that we can't, but I think it's a. I do think it's a great point, and and so it's sort of like solving these um, experiences, the digital aspect and the mobile aspect, um, especially as the younger generations start to have more and more influence, and 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 taking a look at some of these brands that are non-traditional, really. I mean, they may have look Alani's in GNC, and and I know you know Ghost isn't like totally limited to um, just online sales. But at the same time, they're doing something incredibly different, and that's outside of what um, our shows and other shows are used to. And so there, that has to be solved, or at least to some degree, if we want to have those brands participate. So right, great point. Yeah, and I think that with those um, as examples, or if we could, we can point to ones also, and you know maybe food and beverage, but those brands tend to have the most influence also over the competitors. So if they start to see those brands not participating in these shows, and then they start to get down to the why behind why they're not doing that, then it starts to put red flags in their head. Maybe we shouldn't do this because of... Uh, so there's some type of chain reaction that could happen over time. And I don't think that that is really hitting anybody's uh, pocketbook yet. But um, as you know, some of these challenges continue to happen. And we look three or five years from now, we might be seeing this in a much uh, stronger way. And you're starting to really have to ask yourself, should we have made a change earlier to provide um, some aspect of value to these, um, these brands? And that could just be uh, from taking over a a city, you know, like Anaheim or Philadelphia or something of that nature, and, and them not necessarily being involved in the actual main expedition hall, but maybe there is a hotel next door or there's something where they can create more of a immersive experience that's not as restrictive, but they're still close and it still gives them um, the, the value of being there and everything. So it's maybe it's a matter of, of having to just at least change a few degrees of, of strategy to, to make sure that they're getting what they need. Um, and you also being able to work within kind of the rules of that uh, city. Well, we definitely see that. I mean, even in a B2B like supply side, I mean, I see um, some events that can go on, some smaller events and meet, I guess you could call them sort of meetups or um, they, they happen at some of the hotels in the area. It could be just a party. It could be something. So definitely companies that go, they take advantage of all that the show provides them um, with the networking face-to-face and, and education and all these other things, but at the same time, they do something they can control in conjunction. 
So it's all sort of part and parcel. So I think that's an interesting thing too. I mean, um, even for companies that are going their own way and doing the pop-ups, um, I, I like that you said that because there's, I can't, I can't see a way that a competitor immediately would be able to say, well, they're doing it. Let's go ahead and do it. I mean, it's not, I, I bet you if you talk to Dan and Katie and, and Hayden, and it's, it's not that easy. I mean, these are difficult problems to solve. They want to do it, but, but they have to pull it off as well. And probably not everybody can pull it off or, or at least in the immediate term. So, you know, looking out a few years, that's definitely going to be a concern. Um, and we'll, it'll be interesting to see how the shows adapt to that. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what this new athletic con even, uh, even puts on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's, it's one of those things where the world is evolving and adapting uh, to it and, and nobody's safe from that. And I think that the easiest way for everybody to um, kind of make the best selections in terms of that changing is, is to make sure everybody's being collaborative and open and transparent to what they need. Um, as long as everybody stakeholders are, are doing that, I think everybody will be in a really good position if they're willing to to kind of change. And I think that trade shows, you're seeing that um, happening and you're seeing new entrants come in and, and offer new things. And, and that is going to provide some, some leverage and, and, and things for others to, to think about changing um, certain aspects if it's successful. And I think it's just going to be uh, overall, it's going to be something that is going to be good. I, I don't, I really, I really don't think trade shows are, are going anywhere anytime soon. I think that they're just going to have to look much differently than they did when I first started going to the Arnold Classic in 2000 in, I think, two, when I was in high school to pick up a bunch of samples and, 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 and <laughs> things like that. So, you know, it's, it's, we're looking at almost 20 years since that first fitness expo that I went to. Wow. And, and it's not all that much. I mean, unfortunately, if I think back, it's, it hasn't changed all that much. It hasn't changed to the point where I think it needs to probably do. Um, but I think that that is, is, is happening uh, quicker today than it, than it had probably in the previous uh, 15 years. Well, it's a good point. I thank you for joining us. I thank you for all your insights. Um, you know, I know this topic isn't necessarily something that you or I um, uh, work in day to day. I mean, though I do work for a company that puts on these shows, I'm a content person. So while I work on the education, you know, a lot of the uh, a lot of the trade show is just stuff that happens around me that I'm aware of and I hear people talking about and and everything. So I appreciate your willingness to come talk to me about this. I think there are some great insights. So thank you. I appreciate it, and I and I too don't uh, claim to be the a trade show expert, but as always, my hope is that the conversation that we had at least maybe open some eyes, open some ears, and makes people think differently and maybe talk about this subject matter in a uh, little bit different of a way that can all uh, help us improve, uh, you know, this kind of process, because I think this is a key part to the industry as a whole. Well, here, here, and, and for sure in the, in the sports and fitness industry, um, there, are some, there are some changes and challenges, and so, so I think, you know, it'll be really interesting to see how all of this all of this develops and, and, and it's really good to just to just have a conversation about what's going on as we hear some things about companies doing things differently so thank you again and thank you everyone for tuning in to the healthy insider podcast for more award-winning podcasts from industry experts go to insider.com and click in the podcast section you can also find us on apple podcasts or google play by searching healthy insider podcast hit subscribe to never miss an episode 
This edition of the Healthy Insider Podcast is brought to you by Supply Side West, 